I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day and welcome to The Call. 10 stocks picked by you two experts. One hour. It is Thursday, the 30th of June, the end of the financial year. Let's uh, see who we've got on the show today. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities and David Lane from Ordmanet. Welcome to both of you. And uh, Michael, happy end of new year. Uh, it's been an interesting, certainly the second half of the financial year yeah. um, has been painful, obviously, uh, given that volatility we've seen. Um, of course, we've had more uh, central bank speak overnight. Mm. What's the next six months hold, do you think? Look, it'll, I think the next few months will still be rocky. Um, to be honest, I think in the next few days, it looks like our market wants to find uh, a point where, where it would like to have a bit of a rally again, hopefully like what we saw in March, where there was a bit of a decent bounce in the market. But I still think that uh, overall the market can hit lower levels. I just can't see um, markets having a sustained rally while we still have interest rate rises. Uh, ahead of us, so I think there'll there'll be a point where, you know, after after another sort of couple of rises from um, central banks, um, once they start to to pause those those rate rises, then the market will be ready to to make a move, and it may well be from lower levels. So, look, a tricky several weeks ahead of us, but mm. um, but you know, I'm sure before long we'll be talking about Santa rallies and the like. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit still too a way to go. Yeah, still a way to go. Yeah, David, uh, what are you looking for? As I mentioned, yeah, obviously uh, the central bank uh, loving uh, overnight in Europe, and of course next week we have our own Reserve Bank um, looking to hike again. So, how are you seeing it? Are we anywhere near a bottom? What sort of inflection points are you looking for at this point? Yeah, it, it is a fascinating juncture that, that we're at at the moment that, uh, as you said, the central banks are, are front and centre at present. Uh, most likely will have a, a 50 point rise from the RBA next Tuesday. Um, but we're yeah, seeing, I suppose, different, very different markets at the moment that the US market uh, we still see as being overvalued and still see that they have some very significant problems in terms of the the, the Fed uh, having to hike rates fairly significantly and the potential impact of on the economy there. Whereas in Australia, we're actually seeing not an opposite, but a different uh, scenario in that our underlying economic strength is is strong. And we think that the Reserve Bank uh, certainly does need to raise rates next week, but mm. is, is probably nearly there uh, and we are actually seeing comparatively very good value in the Australian market so okay. uh, if we are able to get a decoupling of, of both um, you know, it creates some opportunities. Alright well speaking of opportunities and given it is the end of the financial year uh, we're going to do a bit of a different um, stock of the day just before we do that uh, our first five stocks we're going to take a look at uh, this hour Allchem, Qantas, CSR, ServiceStream and Vita Group. Um, so yeah, we thought 
today, given that we are at the end of the financial year, we'd uh, do a buy and a sell, um, maybe to set yourself up for the next um, 12 months. David, what are your picks? Sector, uh, in the travel sector, obviously, we've, we've seen a big reopening of, of travel. Uh, having not been able to, to go anywhere for a couple of years, we're now seeing uh, congestion at the airports and, and definitely a lot of domestic travel, but then also uh, globally that's opening up. One of the interesting things that I think the market hasn't necessarily taken into account over the last couple of years is that while travel has been effectively shut, there's also been a very, a very big structural change in the way that travel agents get paid and their remuneration has declined fairly significantly in terms of a percentage basis. So that's why we actually have a sell on Flight Centre. Um, Flight Centre currently trading at uh, 17.49. We've got a, a target price of 14.28 on that, and think that uh, yeah, it's a sell. But in the same sector, we actually like Webjet and think that Webjet is a, a superior business. The fact that it is predominantly online, uh, it's actually bought some businesses around the world, and think that that Webjet certainly has a, a much better outlook and isn't it anywhere near as impacted by that change in the the remuneration to the uh, travel agencies. All right, fascinating. In the one sector there, a buy and a sell. Michael, what are your picks then? Um, I'd be looking to buy BHP. I'm not necessarily buying anything today, but um, BHP has been trading in a, a fairly nice range recently between about $40 to $48. So what we're looking at is a move back towards that $40 mark could be an opportunity um, to trade with, with BHP. Um, I think over the next... Um, several months or so, the commodity space will still be uh, a good good trading environment. Um, I think it'll, yeah, commodities do hold up well with with rising inflation. Obviously, if we're looking towards a recession, maybe later this year, it might just keep a bit of a dampener on those share prices in the short term. But you know, once we move beyond that, um, you know, we could even see a situation next year where maybe central banks have gone too far with the rate rises, and they may need to backtrack that and. Uh, and try to get the economy out of a recession, and these sorts of stocks will benefit again. So I think BHP is one that's, that, that is worth uh, trading over the next 12 months. In terms of a sell, um, we've got Zip. I know that for some people that seems strange because it's fallen so far. I mean, how much lower can it go? But people have been saying that since it was you know, several dollars, let alone yeah. $2, $1, now it's about 50 cents. So it's basically a business that's losing money. The situation is getting worse in terms of bad debts. If we head into recession, that'll be even worse for the business. And we've got an environment where, you know, investors are nervous, rates are going up. No one wants to buy a business that's losing money and trades on a high PE. So unfortunately, I think the situation will continue to get worse for, for Zip. And even when the market rallies, that's not one of the first stocks that investors will flock towards. So, so even if you've been holding on, riding this right the way down, mm. you still think it's worth selling at yeah, this point? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Because I would only hold if I thought it would go up. But if yeah. it's not going to go up, then you might as well put that money towards something else. Or you might, be, you might have so little left that it might seem pointless selling. But being 30 June, you might have a big loss there you could offset against some yeah. other gains as well potentially. So. All right well you don't have long left to do that <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so you need to add quickly and uh, as you can see 
uh, zip is, uh, is down again. Today, keeping that downward trajectory, which is alarming. All right, let's uh, get into the stocks as picked by you. And we're going to begin in the lithium space. It's been a lot of action just uh, over the past couple of days there. Um, Eric wanting to know about Allchem. Now, this is after Liontown's pop, uh, given it signed that deal with Ford. Uh, he's uh, curious to see whether there is more upside for Allchem. It is, uh, the, has projects in Argentina, WA, Japan, Canada. It is that marriage of Oracobra and Galaxy. So, uh, Michael, how do you mm. look at Allchem there and, and I guess more generally what you're seeing in the lithium space at the moment? Um, I mean, in terms of Allchem, there seems to be pretty good support around these levels, around $10. So. I do think in the short term we may well see a bit of a jump in the share price. Um, but again, if the broader market wants to take a bit of a hit, it might slide back back again. So look, it's one of the larger players in that space. So I think if you're an investor looking to play this area, this is one of, for want of a better word, a safer uh, lithium stock. But yeah, look, in terms of lithium stocks, um, broadly speaking, I mean, we in the office, we refer to these as, as story stocks. There's a great story behind it, um, but that's a double-edged sword. So everyone's been everyone's been excited about lithium. We've traded lithium, um, but you know when everyone jumps on board the story and the narrative, you get some great share price movements in the one direction. And recent examples: crypto, buy now, pay later. A couple of years ago, great story, great share price movements, but ends badly. There is <laughs> it can end badly, and there's just it's. It's one big story, and the problem is there's investors out there that have bought into the likes of uh, LKE, some of these stocks that have gone LKE 260, hmm. now it's down to 80 cents. Um, at the end of the day, you need to trade these stocks just like all commodities. You need to have a trailing stop. You can't believe the story. Um, I'd hate to break it to a lot of people, but we don't need all this lithium. So unfortunately, the story is we, we, we're going to all be driving electric cars. We're going to need a lot of lithium. There's not enough out there. Prices will go through the roof. But look out the window. We already have cars, okay? So it's not a necessity. And as we've seen recently with the German car manufacturers, where they have the EU limit of 2035 to stop selling internal combustion engines, mm. they're already starting to push back on that. So, mm. um, so you think that's unrealistic, that uptake of EVs at this point? Yes, I mean, if the price of lithium continues to stay at elevated levels, um, it may well be unrealistic. But mm. the problem is a lot of investors hear stories about, you know, we all need electric cars, we need lithium, we need to buy lithium stocks. Um, and as soon as the share price starts falling, they either blame the market for being silly or maybe Goldman Sachs don't know what they're talking about with a recent report. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone's just got too excited and just rammed up the prices too fast. So yep. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you're holding. If you've got a stock that's, in, even in the case of AK, $14 down to 10, that's a big price movement. If, if we then find that some of these manufacturers are going to backtrack from their EV plans, $10 mm. could become $8, could become $6 before it bases out and it's ready to go again. So yeah. I'd just be very cautious around the story. I mean, tomorrow I may well be buying some of these stocks as a trade, but yep. it's a trade. I know that's a bit of a long answer, but I think... So yeah, if you've our got viewers it, need to be aware of the dangers in you know, getting caught up with the narrative. Do you, if you're in it, do you hold it? I'd hold it here at ten dollars. Yep. Um, if it breaks again, I'd use a stop. There was a low last week around nine fifty-ish. 
If it fell under that, I'll just sell it. Step back, wait to see what it does, come back in later. So you need to protect your capital. Um, you can't afford another 30% drop from current levels. Okay, all right. David, Michael talks about the, uh, the lithium story. It's a story stock. Are you a believer in it? Yeah, we are actually. Um, and I, I guess, you know, that longer term story, uh, our long term belief is that the EV market will be about 40% of the world um, production by 2030. Uh, we are already seeing, in, in actual fact, the, the leader in, in adoption of EV, would you believe, is China. Uh, and certainly Europe is, is heading down that path. Australia and the US are a reasonable way behind, um, but we think that there is an improvement there. Um, I do agree with Michael that the, the sector has become a bit of a, um, you know, a, a speculative area and there have been definitely some stocks that have gone up and come down uh, with a thud recently. We do like Allchem because it's one of the, the major producers uh, and it is a supplier, uh, does have projects around the world in different parts of that lithium um, cycle. So, you know, we sort of see that as a, as a long-term um, play in that sector. Uh, likewise, as Michael said, it's difficult to try and get the timing right, uh, but we do think that there is growth in not only their existing pipeline, which they are able to, to fund internally, but also from uh, some longer-term growth prospects that they've got. The company has a very good balance sheet. Uh, its free cash flow is improving. They're not earning a profit at this point in time, but in the future, it, it's likely that they, they will head towards that. Uh, so yeah, it is actually our preferred stock in the, uh, the lithium sector. Um, we also like Pilbara resources in, in that space as well. So at these levels, are you buying? Yes, yeah, we've got a buy recommendation on it. Uh, our target price is 18.50, so certainly well above where mm. it is. Uh, but as, as Michael rightly pointed out, it is a, a volatile sector. Uh, we've already seeded down about 24% this month, so uh, it can be, can be one that you can get wrong. Um, but from a longer term point of view, uh, as, a, as an exposure to that sector, we think Allchem all is the, the best way to go. Okay, all right. Let's move on to our second stock. We're back into the travel sector, in fact. Uh, Qantas. Louise wanting about this. It uh, has forecast to fall in net debt by the end of uh, financial 22 on strong travel demand across the domestic and its international routes as we get the uh, well the reopening, which is pretty much uh, at uh, we've reached that point now, and it's actually adding flights. I think it's just put on that flight between direct flight between Perth and Rome. So. David, you mentioned you began with uh, the travel sector there, looking at uh, Flight Centre and Webjet. So uh, when you're talking about the airlines, of course, it's a little more difficult, particularly given the price of fuel at the moment. It is, yes, yeah. Uh, but we do like Qantas. We think that they're uh, uh, you know, the leader in that sector, certainly in Australia, and, and one of the, the leaders globally. Uh, we've actually just recently upgraded our, our uh, forecasts and as you mentioned, those long haul flights, uh, we believe that adds another 50 cents to the valuation of the stock. Uh, and the fact that the company now has a, a solid balance sheet, um, their debt has come down from about $6 billion last year to be about $4 billion this year. Uh, demand 
demand obviously is is increasing and uh, they're a, a leader in the, the sector. So we, we like Qantas. We've got a, a buy recommendation on it with a, a target price of $6.90. Um, but having said that, it's still a very, very, very volatile sector. Um, it is subject to supply and demand issues. And as you mentioned, Andrew, the, uh, the, the cost of fuel comes through into the cost of your ticket. So over time, people may well start to question whether or not they, they continue to, to fly uh, with the exuberance that they have been recently. All right. Michael then, um, yeah, it, it, it does make you think twice. In fact, we're seeing that out of the States at the moment. People are curtailing their, their travel plans. So I guess it remains to be seen whether that will play out and obviously affect a company such as an airline. Yeah, yeah I agree with David's positive points there. Um, the way the debt's, debt's being reduced, there's clearly a lot of demand, um, as, as we've all seen in the papers. Um, they are trying to cut capacity on some routes a little bit to offset those higher fuel costs. Um, I think down here I'd be happy to hold. Um, I guess by, by caution over whether it's a buy is because of what might happen with, with, with the oil price. So, you know, we'd, I guess it's anyone's guess um, the path that oil will take over the next several months. The one thing I tried to find this morning, which I was unable to do, was um, how much of that price, uh, how much hedging Qantas might have in place for the oil price. I wasn't able to find that in the short period of time, unfortunately, but that would also have a bearing on, I guess, whether you think it's worth picking up here or not. Obviously, if they've been able to hedge their prices um, at levels much better than where the oil price is now uh, going into the future several months, then that might make it a bit easier. But at the moment, yeah, happy, happy as a halt, um, but I wouldn't uh, go out and buy it just yet. Yeah, it also depends on where, how elevated that oil price will remain, given we have no idea what's going on as far as the end of the war in Ukraine is concerned and the effect that's having on fuel prices more generally. All right, so that was Qantas. Let's move on to uh, building products company CSR. George wanted to know about this, uh, given it's a recent update. Uh, he particularly wants a comparison with James Hardy. Um, in fact, it's just announced it's uh, commencing an on-market share buyback of up to $100 million and for the year ended March 31, reported a net profit of 271. Revenue $2.3 billion, uh, but its shares have been off close to 30% over the past year. So, Michael, and obviously construction sector under significant pressure at the moment. Yes, that's, that's right. So they, they have been able to grow um, some of the sales and building products, but it's, the amount of growth is nowhere near what we've seen in terms of building starts. So they're not necessarily capturing a lot of that growth and clearly there's supply constraints, inflation, margin pressure. So it is very tough um, for this business at the moment. Um, in terms of the way it's been trading on the chart, it's, it was actually holding up pretty well up until a few months ago when it, it, it broke into a downtrend. So from my point of view, we have a, a stock that's, that's struggling a little bit at the moment in terms of the business, the, you know, the, the, the charts in a downtrend. Um, yeah, look, I couldn't, couldn't be buying this. I mean, in terms of the viewer's question as a comparison to James Hardy, I prefer mm. James Hardy. Um, not, not that I'm holding James Hardy. We, we were long-term holders of James Hardy, but we sold that in January as, as, as markets started to look a bit, bit iffy. But um, I'd, be, I'd be looking to buy James Hardy when the time's right. They tend to have a better track record. Um, they've, they've obviously got the US exposure as well, and that business has, has been doing well. But... 
but clearly I think share prices will be under pressure as the market is trying to determine do we have a recession coming up or not, what sort of housing slowdown are we going to have. Um, still very uncertain time, so I just avoid the sector uh, for the time being. So that's an avoid then, essentially. Yeah. Okay, David, your thoughts? Yeah, tend to agree with a lot of what Michael has said. Uh, and it's actually interesting timing that, that we've actually just uh, done a, a sector update today and downgraded CSR. So we had an accumulate recommendation on it. We've downgraded that to a hold recommendation. Uh, and that's on the basis that effectively the, the cycle is at, at its um, at its peak. And uh, we've you know, reneg redone the numbers based on mid-year um, um, earnings outlook and think that for CSR, their earnings are probably peaked. Uh, it's more exposed to the Australian sector and we've seen a 30% reduction in the, the housing starts uh, numbers, which is a, a bit of a leading indicator in that sector. So we are seeing a slowdown there. We do actually like James Hardy and, and have a buy recommendation on that as the preferred pick in the sector. And that's predominantly due to the fact that it has a higher exposure to the US and uh, the US has a, a significant undersupply of housing. So really since the GFC, they haven't been building enough houses in the US. So even taking into account the, um, the slowdown that they're probably likely to go into, we still think that there's enough demand uh, for, for housing in the US. So that's why we, we tend to prefer James Hardy in that sector. Okay. All right, moving on to, well, let's head into the infrastructure space. Service Stream, Paris wanting to know about this, uh, has been appointed as part of the Regenerate Rail. That's a consortium to develop and maintain the Gary to Kaguru section of the Inland Rail uh, by the uh, Rail Track Corporation's 25-year maintenance uh, contract there, which will be led by Service Stream. Um, David, how are you seeing Service Stream? Yeah, it's a, it's a stock with it that we like a lot. Uh, we've got a buy recommendation on it. Uh, they've recently bought the business out of Lend-Lease and we think that that uh, longer term has some good growth for them. Uh, there is some synergies of about $6 million this year and, and $14 million next year from, from that business. Uh, but also seeing a significant amount of growth out of their telco uh, exposed business. So about 52% of their earnings come from the telco sector and uh, the rollout of the NBN has been recommitted to. Uh, there's additional um, fibre to the to the houses that uh, Service Stream will be will be doing, as well as the further rollout of the 5G. So we think it's it's a business that has a lot of growth potential. Um, got a buy recommendation on it. Our target price is $1.30, so uh, significant upside there of about 51%. Uh, and it's actually trading on a reasonable PE this year of 13.9 times, moving down to 10.7 next year because we're forecasting a, a fairly big improvement in earnings uh, and pays a reasonable dividend of 2.9% this year. But our forecasts are that that will increase out to about 6.4% next year. So I think it's a, a good business. Yep. Okay. All right. And that's why you've got to buy in it. Michael? Um, yeah, it's good to see that they're picking up those those contracts. Um, the problem with Service Stream over the last couple of years is their earnings growth has been uh, heading the wrong the wrong way. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more evidence of, of of more contracts being picked up. I'd like to see their earnings grow from here. Um, 
yeah, in terms of the way it's been trading, obviously that, that horrible downtrend from a couple of years ago where the share price fell from over $2 to, to under a dollar. It seems like it's basing out. Um, and I think if, if we can see further contract wins, uh, it can hopefully break out of this base and get going. So look, not, not one for me at the moment. I'd rather uh, just a little bit more evidence we've got those, uh, those earnings growing again. Is it a good space to be in if we are heading into tighter economic conditions? From the point of view that it might be defensive, yep. um, I think if the business still isn't growing, you're not going to get a share price improvement. So for me, it'd be a case of if I can't find a great opportunity, I'd rather sit in cash um, as, as a defensive as a defensive play. Um, I think you also have to, I guess there's a certain amount of well, how, how much do you trust the company to deliver on what they're expecting? because. You know, the track record for the last couple of years hasn't been great in terms of, um, you know, contract wins and earnings growth. So, yeah, to me, this one's still a bit, bit too risky. To yeah, be OK. So you, you want to sort of wait and watch, really. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. OK. To our fifth stock, Vita Group. Uh, Leonard wanting to know about this one. It's a retail that operates under the brands of Artisan Aesthetic Clinics. That's sort of skin health, wellness. Uh, did have a stake as far as owning... Uh, operating, in fact, uh, Telstra-branded stores, which it then offloaded. Um, we talk about retail. It's obviously mm. very difficult at the moment, Michael. So how do you mm. see Vita? Uh, this, yeah, look, unfortunately, this is another sort of a void for me. It's been a bit of a confusing business over the, over the years. They've had the, the Telstra shops. Um, the share price spiked at $2.20 um, six years ago. Now it trades about 20 cents. So... Um, it's fallen quite a bit. Uh, they're now moving into this, uh, um, yeah, health, wellness space, um, whatever you want to call it. They're still losing money, unfortunately. So just looking at, um, looking at their their profit for the year. So it it sort of smacks of a big sort of turnaround story. Maybe a bit too too early for me. I'd, I'd like to again see some some runs on the board at the well, moment. Well, that that longer term chart there doesn't look good. It looks horrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's an avoid, David. Yeah, I agree. It is a very confusing business and it has had a, 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 a different past, I suppose. Uh, I guess at current times, Vita Group is, is really, you're looking at the business to, to change totally. They sold their Telstra stores, as you said, uh, got $107 million for that paid out a couple of special dividends late last year and early this year. So about paid out about 52 cents in special dividends. Uh, so that's in the past. Now they're focusing on this artisan um, wellness business. They've got the long-term view that they hope to have 70 stores within five years. It is a sector that I must admit, I'm not a consumer of, but um, it, it is a growing sector, and uh, you know a lot of the the growth in in that uh, sector is about 20, 25 percent. So there is potential there, um, but it is a very speculative um, you know proposition at the moment. If they get it right, they could do well. Uh, we do have a speculative buy recommendation on it, but uh, it would only be one that you'd have a, a small investment in and, and put in the bottom drawer and, and hope that over the next three to four years they they deliver on their uh, strategy and hope that the share price improves from where it currently is. So you're, but you're avoiding it at this point then, likewise? 
Oh, we do. We do have a speculative buy on it. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, I, personally, I wouldn't be buying it in my own portfolio. Okay. But, uh, Orts does have a, a speculative buy on it. Yeah, well, I mean, it sort of feels like I've got exposure there with three uh, teenage daughters, uh, you know, skincare. <laughs> I tell you what, it gets expensive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got two and uh, I see that as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's sum up where we've been for the first half of the show. Now, rather than the stock of the day, because it's the end of the financial year, we asked for a, a buy and a sell to set you up for the next uh, next financial year. David, looking at the travel sector, and interesting because both came with a, a, a buy on Webjet and a sell on Flight Center just tells you where those two businesses are at as far as uh, his outlook for them is concerned. Michael, a buy on BHP and a sell on Zip. How low can it go? Uh, all right, the five as picked by you. Uh, we began with uh, all chem there. A lot of talk on lithium just in the past week, uh, given what's happened with Liontown too. Michael's got a hold on it. Uh, David, a buy. Uh, Qantas there, um, David has a buy, a hold there from uh, Michael, both obviously wary of uh, those fuel costs at the moment, where they're likely to go. CSR in building products and avoid from Michael, a hold from David, but both prefer James Hardy. And uh, our fourth stock as picked by you, Service Stream, a buy from David, uh, does have significant exposure in telco and also uh, Rail Michael is looking to see what happens. He's essentially waiting. And Vita or Vita Group there, uh, that is an avoid from Michael and a speculative buy from David. All right, the call is tracking its own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee in the next episode. It's out next week, in fact. Uh, but let's check in as it stands at the moment what's in the portfolio. West Farmers, Elders and ResMed were added this month, shifting the original allocations. So keep sending in your requests. Keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. The second half of the show, we're going to be taking a look at ResMed, Telstra, Evolution Mining, NAB and Bluebet. So let's uh, kick it off with ResMed. In fact, as you would have seen there, it's in the calls uh, portfolio there. Uh, AD is, of course, uh, sleep treatment and more. Recently signed an agreement to buy Germany's uh, Medifox for $1 billion. Uh, that's a leader in out-of-hospital software solutions that is aimed to strengthen the company's position as a leader in health software solutions. Michael, ResMed, what's your take? I liked it, I like the business. Um, the, the share price fell away several weeks ago uh, on a market update, um, typical sort of update, um, chip shortages, supply chain issues, etc., etc. et cetera. Um, But they should still benefit from this, um, this Philips recall, um, it's, yeah, look, I mean, the, the business is still growing quite well. That, that's what the, a, for the sleep apnea yes, devices. Yes, for the, yeah. for, for the sleep apnea. Um, and very interestingly, you'll notice in the last, say, month where the, share, uh, the broader market has been falling, uh, ResMed just keeps edging higher. So there's really good buying on the chart. So 
that to me that's a very very bullish sign um, despite what might happen in the short term um, to see this sort of buying in a weak market it tells me when the market improves um, I think we're going to see a, a nice recovery in ResMed so look down at down at these levels at the moment it's back up towards $31 uh, that that was an old level it might find a little bit of selling but I think if you see ResMed under $30 on any weakness that's a great buy but for the sake of the program I'm happy to say it's a buy. Oh okay we pushed you in that direction a buy good one. Okay uh, David what's your take? With everything that Michael said we've got a, a buy recommendation on it as well uh, we categorize it as a low risk stock um, we've actually just upgraded our recommendations based on that acquisition of the, the Medipro uh, Dan no, Medifox Dan business uh, it's wasn't the cheapest acquisition. It was bought through a, a competitive auction process and particularly with valuations changing, it was probably at the high end for a, a software business, but strategically it does make a lot of sense and, and the business has been wanting to move down that path of a, a software as a service uh, to add to its existing hardware business. So we, we like it strategically and, and think that it, it makes some sense, uh, gives them further exposure into into Germany and Europe. So uh, yeah, we think that, that ResMed uh, is a good business with a buy. Yep, and that's probably no surprise then why it's in the calls portfolio, that is a double buy. All right, um, let's uh, move to Telstra. Uh, Ingrid wanting to know about this, it is its cost cutting program uh, is well underway at the moment. Uh, we know what it does, David. Uh, I guess the question is what happens from now on, uh, particularly as it's obviously trying to cut those costs, which is a positive. How are you uh, looking at Telstra? Yeah, quite positively, we've uh, just just reviewed it and uh, done a, a change in our uh, earnings forecasts, uh, slight slight reduction, but not significantly, um, and that's mainly based on some timing issues that they're uh, purchasing business called Digicel, that's been pushed out until next financial year, which is only starting next uh, as of tomorrow, but. Um, and there's also those those cost reductions in those numbers. So uh, medium and, and longer term, we think it's a it's a good business. We think that it's the leader in the 5G uh, rollout in Australia, and they've been able to well uh, differentiate their their premium Telstra brand with their uh, cut price belong business, which means that they don't lose lose as much market share for from customers who are. Uh, looking for a lower price service. Uh, so we, we like Telstra and think that, uh, yeah, it has a, um, a reasonable outlook from uh, current prices. Okay. Michael? Um, Sorry, that, I, and, and that is that's a buy then, I take it, David? That's a buy, yes. Yeah, yeah buy. Um, for me, happy to hold it here if I was in it. Um, I, I wouldn't be buying it only because I don't see... Uh, you know, given the small amount of, of earnings growth um, in, in this business um, and, and the fact that the share price at the moment is probably propped up by the fact that there's a bit of a rotation into some more defensive, reliable um, businesses given the, the current environment. I think beyond that, um, once this sort of market volatility is over, I just don't see much share price appreciation um, in Telstra. So I'd be looking for, I guess, more exciting opportunities, but I think at current levels, it's fine as, as a hold. Um, 
But More I'd exciting say, opportunities in the telco space? I'll just in other other yeah, areas. Okay. Just just businesses that that have that have higher growth. So that that's just yeah, that's just the way I'd prefer to play it. But look, happy happy to hold here. But yep. I think there I say in a few months or so, um, if it looks like the rest of the market's going to take off, I'd rather then rotate into some other um, opportunities. Okay, all right. Let's move into the gold space. Uh, Winnie wanting to know about Evolution Mining. Now, I was uh, certainly in the news for all the wrong reasons uh, earlier this week. Um, uh, Winnie wanted to know, is now the time to buy at these depressed levels? Uh, Evolution having downgraded its full year production guidance uh, because of uh, rising costs, wet weather, COVID-related issues as well. And Michael, of course, we saw uh, Evolution tumble and take the rest of the goldies with them yeah. at the same time. Um, so they have been sold off significantly. Just, uh, in fact, in the past month, you know, it's down more than a third, in fact. Mm. So um, I guess what's your take on Evolution, I guess, more broadly with uh, the gold stocks at the moment? Yeah. I wouldn't be buying Evolution. I know I'm a bit of a party pooper today. Not, not, many, uh, not many buys, but um, I think it's also important to know which ones to avoid. So... In this environment, um, you know, bearish markets, a lot of people look to gold and, and gold companies as, as a hedge, um, but they're not a hedge as we've seen. They've, they've tumbled more than the market. Um, if you bought ever, when it dropped, I think it was on Monday, um, if you'd bought Evolution on the lows of the day, thinking it was a bargain, I think you'd be down another 10% already. Mm. I mean, that's how much it's continued to slide. So. Bit of a falling knife. Um, gold companies are still companies, so they have issues, you know, staffing, fuel costs, all, all the usual issues that companies have. So if you want to buy gold, you buy an ETF. So therefore, do I think gold's a buy here and should you buy an ETF? Not necessarily, because the gold price just isn't making any, any movements. I mean, I've bought gold stocks in the past, but you need that tailwind of a rapidly rising gold price. At the moment, we've had a gold price that's tried to rally, can't kick on, and essentially it's it's made no progress. So look, at some point do in you, the future... I mean, do you think that comes down to the US dollar? If, if that sort of starts that to come a, off, then perhaps you'll see some potential there? Yeah, that's, that, that is a key factor. Um, but I'd rather wait for that to start start happening. I'd like to see a gold you price... You want to see that momentum before you I, get I want to see that momentum. And then a lot of these gold stocks obviously will follow it, and there'll be great opportunities. But trying to pick a bottom here... Um, yeah, you could have bought you could have bought this stock six months ago at five dollars, and now it's already halved. Mm. So very very risky, um, I think, trying to pick a bottom in these. Uh, that so you say you prefer an ETF there, but if you if you were to buy a gold stock, is there any preference? Um, uh, it'd, it'd just be whatever's trading trading well at the time. I'd, I'd like to stick to the larger the larger businesses. I mean, Evolution is one of those businesses, mm. Northern Star. Um, Newcrest, but again, um, I treat them as a as a trade. You, you have your stops in there, and uh, you get out if it turns the wrong way. Evolution, two dollars forty. Can it go any lower? Well, we made a comment about zip at the start of the show. Yeah. Fourteen dollars down to fifty cents. I mean, why won't Evolution trade at two dollars or even dollar mm. fifty? It could happen. Yep. Um, we just need to protect that capital. So I know that's a very broad. Broad comment there. I just wouldn't be um, catching any falling knives at the moment. Okay. David, so your thoughts uh, specifically with Evolution, but I guess more broadly again also with gold stocks at the moment? Yeah, we agree with Michael that uh, Evolution's uh, yeah, probably one not to, to go for. We've got a hold recommendation on it. 
Um, the the announcement during the week obviously was fairly negative in terms of their production. Um, but we probably would look at the weakness that we've seen right across the sector to top up or, or add uh, some of the, the preferred stocks that we see in that sector. And that's uh, on the larger side, we like Northern Star and Newcrest. Uh, and at the speculative end, uh, Red 5, um, the ticker codes RED for, for it. So we've seen that the share prices of all three of those companies come off recently as well, but see that there's a lot more growth potential, um, particularly in Northern Star and, and Red 5, uh, and medium and longer term think that there is still value in that, uh, in the, the gold sector and the gold price, particularly the, the Australian gold price, because we've actually seen the share, the share prices come down uh, a lot further than the, the equivalent Australian gold price. Okay, all right. So, yeah, it's uh, always uh, was been, been promising, the gold sector, but still failed to deliver. Uh, it's frust <laughs> certainly frustrating the it's goldies at this point. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's head into the banking space. Uh, one of the biggies, NAB, Craig, wanting to know about this. Um, and we've seen, obviously, that big banks have come off significantly recently, uh, particularly as the Reserve Bank has begun to hike. Um, David uh, Craig, in fact, wanting to have a comparison with CBA. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's an excellent question. And um, we, NAB is our preferred uh, stock in the sector. We've got an accumulate recommendation on it. Uh, and CBA is our least preferred. Uh, so we've actually got a lightened recommendation on it. The main reason for liking NAB is the fact that it's got a good exposure to the business sector. Uh, it obviously has a lot of home loans, but but not as large uh, exposure to the home loan market as, as the other majors. Uh, and the increase in interest rates, we're likely to actually see an improvement in the margins in business banking earlier than the than the home loan uh, sector. We think NAB is, is very well uh, managed and, and like it longer term. On a valuation perspective, it trades uh, a lot more appealingly than, than CBA does. Uh, it's currently on a PE of 12.8 times and a dividend yield of 5.4%, uh, expecting that to rise to about 6% next year. CBA uh, trades at a premium always has traded at a premium, but when you compare them to the other banks, uh, it's too expensive at the moment. They're, they're trading on a PE of about 17.8 times, uh, and we think that it's uh, a lighten at current prices. We've got a target price of 83.80 on it, which um, indicates downside of about another 8.5%. So uh, yeah, prefer, prefer NAB, uh, don't really like uh, CBA at present. I better get you to round off then for the big four then. Where do Westpac and ANZ fit into the picture? Uh, we've actually got holds on, on both of those. So, um, yeah. It, look, for most clients in long-term portfolios, uh, we would have probably at least two of the, the majors in their portfolios. Um, and for most most of my clients, it's probably NAB and ANZ at present. Um, but uh, for new new people to the market uh, looking at investing, NAB would be the one that we'd be looking at going for. Okay, and Macquarie, is that in there? Uh, yes, we do actually like Macquarie here. Yeah, we've got a, a buy recommendation on them and think that Macquarie is a is a good business, uh, slightly different to the major four, yep. uh, and the fact that it's got a, a good exposure to the commodities market as well as 
uh, investments in renewable energies uh, make it a, a little bit more interesting. Okay. Michael. Um, our preferred bank has been CBA, um, but we did put a sell alert out on that and the other banks at the start of June. So at the moment, we don't want to hold the banks. We think they'll get cheaper, um, obviously with the concerns over uh, the housing market, possible recession, increased competition with uh, over you know, uh, a smaller number of loans next year. Um, so we're waiting to get back into these banks. Um, I'd rank NAB as number two. Um, the reason why I prefer CBA is, I know it's, it's more expensive, but um, it's basically expensive for a reason, it's delivered. I mean, if we look back um, since before the GFC, CBA's share price is uh, about 50% higher than where it was before the GFC. NAB never recovered. So I think over the long term, you, you're better off with, with quality. But I like what NAB's doing with its business banking division, um, as per David's points. Um, so that would be our second pick. But ultimately, I'd rather wait for the banks to get cheaper over the next several weeks, and then we'll be looking to to buy CBA probably closer to eighty dollars. So, so you're of the opinion that they can push certainly lower from from this point then. And what's that going to be based on? Further rate hikes, which mm. we know are coming, but what also perhaps. Uh, a picture of, of the Australian economy and where that's heading and I guess also the housing market? Yep. Yeah, all of those. Plus, um, we are getting whipped around by what the US market is doing. So I think the US market has lower to go. Um, and as the US market sells off, our index will react. CBA is one of the biggest stocks and that will need to get sold for our index to, to head lower. So. You know, when we put our sell recommendation out at the start of June, I think I was, I was on this program at the time, it was pushing up towards all-time highs while we had all, this, well, while we had all these issues uh, in front of us. And yes, it's become a bit cheaper, but I think, it, I think it needs to get a lot cheaper than where it is now before some serious buying starts to, to come in. Because there are these uncertainties out there, and I think at current valuations, they're just not cheap enough for... Uh, for the big funds to start buying again. How, how, when you talk about the mortgage market, obviously also, what, um, how bearish are you about the Australian housing market? Um, I wouldn't say I'm bearish or bullish the housing market. I just see the possibility that it, there could be a bearish situation. So right. I'm not making any predictions, but I can see that, that it could go down, uh, you know, the bearish path or the bullish path. But because we do have this very bearish possibility, um, I'd rather sit on the sidelines and, and feel a bit more comfortable that we're not going to go down that path as opposed to you know, staking a claim that yeah. that's not going to happen, this will happen. Um, I need to listen to, to what the market's telling me and the money flow. And at the moment, when I look at the way these banks are trading, uh, the money flow is, is, is heading out the back door. So I'd rather be on the sidelines at the moment and protect my capital. Okay, so, so you're, you're selling at this point then? Uh, not anymore. We sold at the start of June. Okay, so just just watching on the sidelines. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Let's uh, round it out with Bluebet. Uh, Phyllis wanted to know about this, saying uh, I saw it on the Small Cap Show. So I uh, would like some analysis. It, it does offer sports and racing betting products and services uh, online, also the telephone. Uh, it's got an online wagering platform, mobile applications attached to that. Uh, does uh, it's looking to grow its presence in the US with a new agreement with Caesars Entertainment. 
just struck to operate in the state of Indiana. Uh, in fact, that's the company's fourth access agreement in the US. And Michael, taking mm. a look at the share price, that's an ugly chart. Yeah, so our regular viewers know I don't want to buy something in a downtrend. So, you know, even just based on that alone, I would avoid it. But there are clearly the risks um, uh, expanding into the US. I mean, that's a, you know, if they, if it works, that, that'll be great, but there's obviously risks that it, it doesn't work. And um, yeah, that's, that's a big problem. And I mean, with this type of business, it's, it's, to me, it doesn't seem like the sort of business where there's a clear moat uh, I think there's just so many competitors in, in this space. Anyone could come along and, um, and, and, uh, and, and become competition for, for this business. Um, sure, I'm, you know, there's, there's some plus points in terms of subscriber numbers increasing and so on. But, um, yeah, I just, see, I just see risk and I see a chart going down. All right. Um, do you like any of the competitors? No, look, I don't. I don't understand these um, these, <laughs> right. these gambling it is, gambling companies. It's gambling anyway. on gambling, they're, they're right? Just, yeah, yeah. Well, there just seems to be so many of them, and and from you know from my point of view, they all look they all look the same. I can't see where one has a big competitive advantage compared to the other. Yep. Again, it's it's just like the um, when we talk about the buy now pay later space, they all seem the same in the end. It's worked out for Afterpay because they were the largest, and all the others fell by the wayside. Could it become something? Could it be something similar to, to buy now pay later, where you've got the, the larger players end up end up dominating, mm. uh, and the rest just can't gain any traction? I don't know, um, David. I think you might know a lot more All right. about this business than I do, but for me, I, it doesn't doesn't stack up. You're avoiding it. So, David, your thoughts then? And I guess, yeah, obviously that potential of growth in the states, but it comes with significant risk. Yeah, it certainly does, and uh, it's a stock that uh, you know, I suppose is a, a very good proxy for the market that we've been through over the last 12 months. That uh, Ord Minute was actually involved in the float of, of Blue Bet uh, 12 months ago. Uh, it went very, very well initially with expectations of the, the growth in the US. Their share price nearly hit three dollars, uh, and it is now trading at 47 cents. So it's it's been sold off with the uh, with the rest of the 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 gaming sector and the, the technology sector as well. So uh, its share price has certainly not done well, um, but their strategy, they've actually been delivering on what they, they had promised in their, uh, in their prospectus and their forecast. As you said, they've recently signed a 10-year agreement uh, with another state, so they've now got four states in the US. Um, their Australian business has been going well. Also, they've been increasing their subscriber numbers uh, the thing that we like about Bluebet is that their their growth strategy in the US is a capital light um, structure. So they're not necessarily paying a, a large amount for customer acquisition. They're partnering with local um, businesses like Caesars that we've we've just seen in in this agreement. Uh, the the potential growth in the US market is enormous, um, but as Michael rightly said, there are a lot of businesses trying to tap into that growth because really gaming and sports gaming in, in the US is, is a relatively new um, business. It's been uh, a positive growth driver in Australia and we're looking for, for that growth to continue in, in the US. Uh, and being a mobile, for, mobile first platform, Bluebet, 
uh, is able to do that relatively well. So we think that it, it does have good growth potential, um, but as you said, it's gambling on gambling, so it is a punt. Uh, but it would be one that you'd um, you you could buy it at current levels and uh, and put away and uh, look at in in twelve or eighteen months' time. So taking that as a specy buy then. Yes. Yeah, we've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Yep. Okay. Good one. All right. Let's uh, sum up where we've been for the second half of the show. Then we began with ResMed, the sleep uh, treatment giant. Uh, both have a buy on it. Uh, David summing it up by calling it low risk and Michael liking the chart. Um, secondly, there, Telstra. Um, a buy from David, a hold from Michael. Evolution Mining in the gold space out with its update, which uh, shocked the market this week. Uh, no from Michael, a hold from David. And uh, in fact, David referring uh, Northern Star and Newcrest. Uh, in the banking space, NAB, uh, we were asked for a comparison with CBA. Uh, David there preferring NAB. has got a lighten on CBA and accumulate on NAB. Uh, Michael's sort of the opposite view there. Uh, in fact, he sold, uh, they sold their stocks there, the banking stocks there earlier in June. So he's watching it, uh, but um, prefers CBA over NAB at this point. It's number two. And just finally there, Bluebet. And a void from Michael and a speculative buy from David. So thanks to our guests for today. Michael, thanks for joining us in Fairmont. Thank you. And David, good to see you again from Ords. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. And any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us at TV. And you can find those stocks we have in the calls portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Thanks for watching. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.